You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I'm your host for today, Julia Cottrell, filling in for Matt Matten. And our guest today is Alfred Fryho, who's the chairman of the board of directors of the Friends of Hollywood Central Park. Welcome, Alfred. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be with you today. We're happy to have you here. Um, why don't you start by telling us a bit about the organization, Friends of the Hollywood Central Park? Happy to. The Friends of the Central Park was started uh, with the simple mission of building a park in Hollywood over the 101 freeway. It is a coalition of um, professionals, business owners, uh, community activists, and uh, civic leaders in Los Angeles that um, have bought into this incredible idea of building open space, green space, in a much needed part of uh, Los Angeles. We're all volunteers. Uh, the organization has been around for some time. Um, we focus on uh, building awareness, um, advocating for green space, uh, the development of our park, and also working on recruiting uh, support from the federal, state, and local level for funding the construction of and operation of the park. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, now, I know you're a lawyer in land use, real estate, and environmental law, and a, a partner in, in, at an international law firm. I imagine that you come across these types of projects, um, you know, quite frequently. Why this project in particular? Why why are you putting your name to to this 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 project? I appreciate the question. I, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm an Angelino at heart, born and raised, and I'm passionate about our city. I'm also passionate about the value of green space and the health benefits that it produces to the neighborhoods where it's located. Um, and this particular community is uh, one of the most park poor communities in California. Uh, and so we started with that basic need of wanting to improve the built environment for the benefit of the 44,000 children that live within walking distance of our uh, project. And so um, it would be a great amenity for them. And uh, we were committed to doing something that uh, is also a, uh, a green infrastructure project. Um, L.A. is built around key infrastructure, the freeway being one. And we wanted to be able to convert this resource into something that was more beneficial, that would capture the emissions from the freeway, um, turn it into uh, clean air and also produce a recreational space for all the children that live in the area. Oh, I'm curious to hear a bit more how, about how um, it captures this, uh, this air, turning it into green air. Um, what is the project? Tell us about the project, what it, what it is, um, what you're proposing. Great. Well, the project itself is uh, to build a, a cap park. So it would be a park that would be built over the 101 freeway, starting at the Santa Monica exit all the way to Hollywood Boulevard. And that section of the freeway actually goes below grade. So it would be building a, a park at grade that would uh, connect this uh, portion of Hollywood, east and, and west. Um, and it would consist of a mile long linear park uh, that would be approximately 38 acres. So just to kind of visualize it, then it would be a sort of roof over the graded, the graded freeway, which kind of goes into the ground um, and the park would sit on top of that roof. That's exactly right. When, when we talk about it, we talk about capping the right. park with the P as opposed to a T. Uh, it's not a park for cats. It's a park <laughs> for people, although we welcome cats as well. 
but it would be designed um, to connect those uh, that urban fabric of Hollywood at the ground level um, and cover the freeway. I see. I see. So effectively, right now, it's unused, unused space. It's just kind of the top of the freeway. That's correct. That's the brilliant aspect of this, that we're creating something uh, out of thin air, so to speak. We're creating it above the freeway um, and using the air space above the freeway to build this incredible uh, green amenity for the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And has this been done before? Is this the first park of its kind or can we find this in you know other areas of Los Angeles, California, the country? Yes, you can find it in other parts of the country for sure. California also has uh, similar parks and uh, at smaller scale. So the technology that you need to build uh, this park is definitely in practice throughout the country. There's over 200 cap parks uh, throughout the United States. What are um, some of the benefits of the park? So. Tremendous benefits. One thing is that we know that uh, from the data that we've seen from various organizations that green space actually produces a lot of great health outcomes for the residents that live near it and also use it, both in terms of uh, the air quality. So the improvement in uh, the environment is tremendous. Um, we know that there's a lot of incidents of asthma and other health uh, conditions in the area. Having the ability to have passive and active recreation would have a tremendous benefit um, as well. We know that uh, green space uh, promotes healing uh, in communities and, and individuals that have a particular health condition. It actually improves outcomes, health outcomes in that regard as well. We have, as I mentioned, a lot of children that live within walking distance of our, of our park. We also have um, the uh, high school that would be um, right next to the, the park and they would have this, uh, the opportunity to use the recreational spaces and amenity for the high school as well. Mm -hmm. and what type of um, amenities and recreational space are we talking about? What, what are you proposing to have in the park? So we anticipate it being primarily green space. So imagine having a great lawn like Central Park in the middle of Hollywood. We also will have uh, some other uh, amenities for active recreation, whether it's biking trails, um, uh, playgrounds for the children. We hope to also engage the community in urban farming. Um, we would have also the ability to uh, stage events. There's going to be a number of built uh, facilities that would allow for uh, music performances and other types of gatherings uh, and, uh, and activities for the community. Um, and so it would have a whole array of activities, uh, outdoor activities, primarily for um, the community in that area and for the region as well. Um, we hope that by building these uh, facilities, it'll generate revenue and also finance the operation of uh, our park long term. OK, so you, you know, bring up a good question um, about, uh, you know, revenue and cost. Um, how much is it going to cost to build a park like this? So we anticipate that the cost, a uh, drum roll, please, would be about a billion dollars to build, um, just under a billion dollars. Um, and uh, for a project that this scale and complexity, um, we think it's uh, the, the estimates that we have are pretty reasonable. Um, we expect that a portion of the funding for it would come from the federal government. 
Another portion would come from local and state resources. And, uh, and another part of it would also be from uh, private uh, individuals, foundations, uh, and donors as well to support the, both the construction and also the operation long-term. The actual airspace would be conveyed to the nonprofit. Um, so really all the money would go into the hard costs and soft costs of building the actual project itself. And then we hope the facilities will finance the, the long-term operation of it. I see, I see. And so and where are you um, in terms of getting that funding? We are right now in the process of completing our uh, environmental studies. We want to be able to have a shovel-ready project in the next year or so to be able to qualify for some of the monies that um, are being made available. We're also obviously monitoring some of the infrastructure um, initiatives that are being proposed by the Biden administration around uh, connecting communities. And we think that our project is also very much um, eligible based on the criteria that's been promulgated by the Biden administration around the need to heal communities through the investment of community serving uses and facilities. Um, so we have a project that is shovel worthy, not mm -hmm. uh, yet shovel ready, um, but we're looking at getting the local approvals to make it ready for built uh, for, for building. Okay. Um, so when, when you mentioned the Biden administration um, and getting funding from the federal government, are you expecting that um, a large portion of, of the funding will come from the infrastructure bill that, that the Biden administration is, is, is trying to uh, push through? We certainly hope so. There's a number of existing programs with the Department of Transportation, um, with HUD and other uh, various federal departments where there's already um, money dedicated for urban communities like Los Angeles. So we already qualify for some uh, uh, pools of money. But we think that the infrastructure um, uh, proposal from the Biden administration presents a unique opportunity to really um, add some rocket fuel to our fundraising uh, uh, initiative. So we certainly are excited about that. Like I said, our project is perfectly in alignment with some of the uh, criteria that's been issued by the uh, White House around building green space, building infrastructure. Okay, well, uh, we have to take a break. Um, you're listening to KABC 790, Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I'm your guest host for today, Julia Cottrell. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. As you may know, your host, Matt Mattern of Unite and Heal America, is also the founder of Mattern Law Group. Their team of experienced employment, consumer, and environmental attorneys are dedicated to leveling the playing field by giving everyone access to the highest quality legal representation. Contact 844-MLG-FOR-YOU. That's 844-MLG-FOR-YOU or 844-654-4968. 844-654-4968. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I'm your guest host for today, Julia Cottrell, filling in for Matt Matten. And our guest today is Alf Alfred Fryho, chairman of the Friends of the Hollywood Central Park. Now, Alfred, before the break, we were talking about funding um, and we covered um, federal funding. I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about local and state funding and where, yes. you, where you expect that to come from. Yes, thank you for the question, Julia. Um, we have, you know, a, a very audacious project 
requires some audacious ideas and how to finance it. And I think we've certainly hit the mark on, on creative solutions. I will share with you that one specific uh, initiative and tool that we're using for the uh, development of our park, the financing of it, is a um, local tool. It really was designed by the state legislature. It's called Infrastructure uh, Enhanced in- Infrastructure Financing District, or EIFD for short. It is a tool that was created to allow um, projects at the local level to capture some of the tax increment that is generated in a specific district and um, be able to channel those uh, additional additional revenue that's created through an allocation of tax increment for the development of infrastructure. And so we've actually um, completed a, several studies that have um, estimated the ability to actually collect um, significant revenue from what we know to be an increase in tax um, in that area of Hollywood and dedicate that to the construction of our park. That um, fund that would be created through uh, the uh, increment tax is probably enough to be able to finance the construction of um, our amazing Hollywood Central Park. Um, we're not relying on that exclusively. As I mentioned, we're definitely looking and um, and finding resources at the federal level. But we want to be able to put on the table a set of tools that really allow us not only to build it, but also operate it. Right, right. Um, and how much will it cost to operate? So we, we're, now we're, um, we don't have the exact numbers on that, Julia, in terms of um, annual operation. We're currently uh, under, uh, we're doing some studies for that. Um, we, of course, want to make sure that we have enough capital to have a robust uh, public engagement and public programming for the park. Um, being able to manage uh, green space is something that, of course, um, our technical committee that we've created through our organization, our nonprofit, is working on. Um, and we've been able to do some estimates on that, but they're still preliminary. I see. Uh, what type of support do you, do you currently have? Right now, we have um, both local support, meaning from the city of Los Angeles, to fund several of the studies that are underway, um, primarily focused on the environmental, uh, the potential environmental impacts of our construction, um, namely preparing an environmental impact report, preparing studies that support the engineering and technologies that are going to be used to construct it. That funding is coming from uh, local government. And uh, in addition to that, we also have uh, funding from local organizations and local individuals as well. We have annual, uh, we have an annual gala, and we have um, a fundraisers that we do throughout the year to support both the operations of the nonprofit and also dedicated funds to be able to support some of the work that we're doing around the actual building of um, our our amazing park. Okay, great. Um, you mentioned, you know, a number of studies around the environmental impact of the park. Can you speak to, um, you know, the, the, the impact it will have? Sure, absolutely. Um, so under, under, as you may know, under California law, any project, uh, especially a project at this scale, has to investigate the potential impacts associated with construction. Um, we are going to be building a um, park in uh, one of the busiest highways in the nation, the 101 freeway. And so we've really spent a lot of time thinking through how we would stage construction to minimize the disruption 
of uh, the cars and uh, Angelinos that are riding on the 101 freeway. So a big part of our environmental analysis has been focused on that. Another piece of it has been, as I mentioned, um, the engineering, um, both in terms of the uh, subsurface, meaning under the green space, um, the experience of the vehicles, the capture of uh, some of the emissions that are going to result from capping the freeway, how those get recycled and clean, which we, of course, from our standpoint, will be a net positive for the residents there. Um, in addition, we're also doing some studies around um, the long-term operation, demand on parking, for instance, how um, folks are going to use the, um, the streets and sidewalks that connect to our park. And we think, of course, all of that is going to result in a really incredible asset for the community in terms of access, in terms of opportunity for, as I said, for healing and some passive and active recreation as well. One of the really exciting Julia aspects of our park is the fact that we're going to um, have a bike loop. So we'll have bikers be able to access the park um, and cross the different segments of it. Um, there are several bridges currently that bisect the 101 freeway. Those uh, bridges would be connected by our park. And so making sure that uh, both pedestrians and uh, bicycle riders and others could access the entire um, 38 acres safely is a priority for us to make making sure that we have that. And we're really excited um, for the plans that we have. And those are available online if you search the Hollywood Freeway Central Park. Uh, and go online and you Google it, you'll see some of the incredible image, images that we have. Um, there's nothing more impactful than to be able to see um, the before and after pictures that we have available that show a very busy freeway that we're all familiar with. And then we have images that show kids playing on much needed park space over the 101 freeway. We think it's a beautiful story for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, and of course, it's also when we talk about healing and the benefits of the green space, Julia, we also think about the communities that were separated when the freeway was constructed. So having an opportunity to connect um, the community and heal this sort of gash that you see, this uh, infrastructure gash is going to be really an incredible part of the story of L.A. Um, we've thought about the Olympics, of course, as well, and how our uh, park could uh, actually support the Los Angeles Olympics in 2028. So there's a lot of incredible opportunities for staging, for special events, for some of the competitive events as well that we hope to be able to um, uh, introduce when the park is built. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It certainly sounds like a very, um, you know, an incredible project, an audacious one. Um, how long does a park like this take to build? How long can, you know, Los Angelinos expect construction to go on for? So right now we have an anticipated uh, construction schedule of about four years um, that'll take. The, the first part, of course, will be to be able to build the pylons or the pillars that are going to support the cap above the freeway. And we expect that that will take a course of uh, several months and uh, would consist of staging, as I mentioned, um, the closure of some um, portions of the freeway. All of that would be done in the, at night without, uh, with minimal interruption of people using the freeway, but that will be a big chunk of it. And the rest of it, through the rest of the construction would really be at the surface of the proposed park. Um, and that, um, if you imagine folks building on top of a, 
a platform will have minimal interruption for the folks that are um, actually using the freeway. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, and you also mentioned that um, a capture of emissions from under the cap. And I was just yes. sort of thinking that, um, you know, is, is it safe for people to, um, you know, be playing, um, you know, above uh, a freeway, which I guess traditionally is considered, um, you know, properties around freeway are, are generally considered of lower value because of the, the, particle, the particles that are yes. you know, flying around in the air. Is it safe for people to be playing in a park above a freeway? Absolutely. So, in fact, it's going to be much safer and, and healthier than it is now, right? Because our hope is, uh, and the way that we've designed the park, is to be able to um, create uh, filters and create um, special systems that actually um, clean the air that is, um, and the emissions, be able to, the particulates that are emitted into the air as a result of the exhaust from the vehicles. All of that um, exhaust and emissions is going to be captured um, through a special system under the park and then ultimately released um, from the top of the park uh, as clean air. So one of the things that we've been exploring is actually getting some carbon credits as a result of the, the cleaning of the air that we are going to be producing um, and, and, uh, and actually uh, emitting some clean air into the neighborhoods that, um, where the park is located. In addition to that, Julia, we're talking about the, the development of a, an actual park with many trees, hundreds of trees throughout uh, the 30 acres that we're proposing. And so having the ability to be able to plant um, the trees that actually clean the air is going to be another important resource for the neighborhood. That that sounds fantastic. And I, I think I had read somewhere that, um, you know, 1,200 trees were going to be planted within the park. Yes, a thousand over 1,000 trees. Right. Um, well, we have to take a break, but um, I'd love to chat more about carbon capture and carbon emissions when we come back. You're listening to KABC 790, Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. We'll be back right after the break. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I'm your guest host for today, Julia Cottrell, filling in for Matt Matten. Our guest today is Alfred Fryho, who's the chairman of Friends of the Hollywood Central Park. Alfred, right before the break, we were talking about um, carbon capture and, um, yes. you know, this new technology that that the park anticipates having, um, capturing, you know, creating filters, capturing um, the carbon emissions and then emitting clean air. Um, tell us a bit about that, that technology, how you plan to utilize it and, and what, uh, what t- type of carbon credits uh, we're talking about. Yeah, sure. So as, as you know, we do have a mandate in California to ensure that we have carbon neutral um, solutions for some of our infrastructure. Obviously, uh, the promotion of electric vehicles um, is a direct result of that initiative to ensure that we have um, less emissions of uh, carbon into the air. Um, but that's going to take some time. We think that with the development of our park in once well soup, we'll have a um, air cleaning mechanism in the heart of Hollywood to help us address the emissions that are coming out of the 101 freeway. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the idea of capping a active freeway is not a new thing. Uh, you think of Boston, you think of uh, places like Houston and Dallas as well, 
you think of the great park in uh, Chicago, all of those consist of one form of the, or, or another of capping an active arterial uh, transportation node for the city. In LA, this would be the first of its kind. And so we've taken very, a lot of care in thinking about how we're going to introduce this technology that's implemented in other cap parks to Los Angeles um, to great benefit for the residents that are there. Um, the actual system itself, there's several uh, alternatives that we, we've been exploring of what to do. Mostly, it's a combination of great design and architecture to be able to create those systems underneath the freeway and then be able to release the air, the clean air, um, to the, uh, you know, above the, the, the park as well. So the actual technology itself is pretty straightforward. Um, and, uh, and we're hoping that we obviously get an opportunity to partner with the companies that are currently building those systems. Um, one thing that we have been exploring, of course, is the, uh, the introduction of the trees that you mentioned. Over 1,200 trees are going to be planted on the surface. Um, and around the perimeter of um, the park. So air quality is a, a big priority for us, but there's other tremendous benefits, Julia, as you can imagine from having green space um, in the area. There's a lot of noise that gets emitted from the freeway currently. Um, when you walk the perimeter of our proposed project area, you, it's palpable how um, the noise also has a direct impact in the way and the well-being of the residents there. So being able to attenuate that noise by producing a park over the freeway is going to be a tremendous benefit for the, uh, the children and uh, the adults that live that are going to be living right next to the park. Yeah, um, you mentioned the um, similar parks uh, or capped parks in Boston and Chicago. Um, do they have, do they currently have the air cleaning mechanism that you're proposing for the Hollywood Central Park? Yes, many of them do. Um, some of them have actual, are, are not only partially capping these uh, infrastructure systems, meaning the freeways. And so they have the natural attenuation of air circulation because they're partially capped. Others are fully capped like ours uh, for that segment of the freeway. Um, and they are using technology, successful technology to um, protect it. For us, to protect the air. For us, Julia, what we're trying to do is say, hey, if we're going to have a net positive contribution to the air quality in the region, um, we should benefit from some of the initiatives at the state level that give you those carbon credits. Um, or we could also potentially create a program where other folks um, that need the carbon credits could purchase them from the Hollywood Freeway Central Park. Um, and so those are really sort of on the vanguard of what we think is possible in relation to clean air and carbon credit programs in California. Because it's the first cap park of its scale in the state of California, I think the sky's the limit. Um, we need to think creatively about how we could take advantage of um, the, the cleaning qualities of the systems that we're going to introduce for the park. But um, it is a bit of a blank slate. We um, are constantly thinking about creative ways that we could produce additional benefits, but also claim the credits um, for the development of the park. Right. Well, it certainly sounds like you're at the cutting edge of, of um, you know, environment, eco-friendly parks, um, 
which really should be um, what we're all kind of aiming for. Um, does California have any carbon credit programs right now? Yes. So there were several that were passed about three years ago that were um, designed to allow for the banking of credits and uh, the uh, exchange of credits as well. Some of those programs were, were actually designed for uh, low-income minority communities to be able to finance some of the uh, amenities that we're proposing for the development of the park. So that initiative, the carbon credit program that's managed through the Air Resources Board is already in place. Uh, and they was produced with an agenda to try to restore a lot of the communities that were disproportionately impacted by some of these emissions. When you think about where uh, freeways were built in California, uh, and especially in Los Angeles, a lot of those, those freeways were built um, around communities that are um, low-income and minority communities, communities that were um, underrepresented in uh, the city hall and other places of power. And as a result of that, the freeways, when they were built, um, caused displacement. And after they started uh, operating, of course, continued to cause disparate impact as it relates to air quality. And so these poor programs around carbon credit and other initiatives on environmental justice are um, designed to support the development and construction of the uh, green spaces like the Hollywood Central Park. So we're very much in alignment on that. Um, and especially since uh, a good percentage of the families that are uh, in this area of Hollywood are low income, are minority um, uh, families, uh, diverse families. And we think that they're the ones that should benefit the most from having this tremendous amenity uh, within walking distance from their homes. I mentioned the number of children that live in the area. We're definitely factoring the opportunities that come with having green space at this scale, meaning 38 acres of recreational space for an area of California that is the park forest, um, according to the studies that have uh, been published by um, the decision makers and policymakers in Sacramento. Yeah, 38 acres certainly sounds like a very large park. Is there a comparable park in Los Angeles right now? Well, of course, we have Griffith Park and other major parks in the area that are not as accessible to the residents of, of Hollywood. But there's certainly um, areas of Los Angeles have comparable um, acreage, but nothing that is really as close to the urban core of Los Angeles. Um, Grand uh, Park and next to City Hall is another recent development uh, a couple of years ago. And that's, of course, a fraction of the park that we're proposing, um, that's in several acres. We're proposing 38 acres. And even the development of that park generated so much buzz and so much interest and activity. Um, people that were hungry to be able to um, lay out and sunbathe and uh, relax and uh, play with the uh, fountains that are there. You see on the weekends, so many children taking advantage of that amenity. Imagine that multiplied by 30, right? Imagine that at a grand scale, at a scale that's really honoring the ambition of Hollywood um, and its imagination is really what we're proposing in, uh, in, Los, in Los Angeles. Yeah, that, that, sounds, uh, that sounds really an incredible um, project. Um, who's expected to maintain the 38 acres? Great question. So the way that we have it right now is um, proposed 
is that the uh, the state of, of California would convey the air uh, rights to the city of Los Angeles. And the nonprofit that we've created would be the one that would steward both the construction and long-term management of the park itself. So it would be operated by the nonprofit. Okay. Um, so it'd be the nonprofit would be responsible for maintenance, ongoing, um, uh, I guess, upgrades, et cetera. Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. One of the things that we have kept, we've, we're really mindful of is we did a, uh, some benchmarking and went to other uh, parks around the nation that are similar. And uh, one thing that they um, shared with us is that what they had not anticipated is the amount of um, green lawn that needs to be replaced because of the use of uh, the park areas and grass areas of a park of, a park of this scale. So that's one thing that we've actually budgeted in, uh, in thinking about the replacement of uh, the turf that's going to occupy a good chunk of our uh, park. We obviously want, want it to be used uh, and we want it to be, you know, worn down by all the small feet that are going to be running around our park from the kids that are there. Thank you, Alfred. Well, we have to take a break. You're listening to KABC 790, Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. We'll be, right up, we'll be back right after the break. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I'm your guest host for today, Julia Cottrell, filling in for Matt Matten. Our guest today is Alfred Freiho, who's the chairman of the Friends of the Hollywood Central Park. Alfred, before the break, we were talking about the uh, turf in the park. And that raises a question of what are the water needs of, you know, 38 acres of, of green space? Um, and, and how would you sort of respond to someone who says, well, this is a great idea, but we're in the middle of a drought. California is facing, you know, a water crisis. Um, how, how would you respond to someone who has concerns about the, the water needs of, of 38 acres of park? That's a, that's a great question, and uh, one that we, we think about often, uh, particularly in uh, Los Angeles, as you mentioned. Um, one of the uh, key strategies that we will deploy for the maintenance of our lawns and our green space is going to be water capture, making sure that we capture runoff. Um, we're going to create an additional surface over the freeway, which will allow us to capture rainfall over time. Um, that's uh, one of the key strategies. The other is uh, reclaim water, having the opportunity to work with our utilities and work with our city of Los Angeles to think creatively about how we might use reclaim water for um, the irrigation of our um, landscaping is going to be key as well. And certainly the city has already introduced those kinds of measures for other great uh, park areas of the city. So we want to adopt the same uh, strategies for our park. Right. Uh, I want to pivot slightly and, um, you know, touch upon the issue of homelessness, which, as you know, is a growing problem in, in L.A. Um, what would you say to someone who, you know, thinks that parks are just another um, public space that w will attract, you know, a homeless population? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Um, and, and it's a it's an important question. And I would start uh, the answer to that question, I think, for me, would start with the values that we have for the development and operation of our park. We think this park is um, going to be available and accessible and should be enjoyed, enjoyed by everyone. So access and equity 
is an important mandate for the development of our park. We want it to be accessible. We want it to be open. We want it to be connected to the fabric of the existing community there. Um, and so Angelinos experiencing homelessness and uh, who are, the, uh, uh, are experiencing housing insecurity are residents of Hollywood. And they should also have access to our park. In terms of camping um, and uh, folks living in the park, certainly that is a security issue for us. Um, but it's one about uh, having relationships with our local elected officials, with our local business leaders, um, with folks that um, are thinking about security in Hollywood. Um, we're definitely going to be partnering with them with them and thinking about that. Now, because the park itself will be um, operated by a nonprofit, uh, we also have um, strategies that we could use that are not necessarily um, ones that the city could use. For example, we've been um, thinking about how we can be more creative in partnering with nonprofits and social services organizations so that uh, together we can anticipate some of these issues um, and some of the concerns that either are going to be raised by the residents that live there and also raised by individuals that might be experiencing homelessness. But access and equity is a very important part of the uh, park ethos. And we hope uh, to convey to everybody that this will be a park for all Angelinos. Yeah, you uh, you bring up a, a, a great point about, you know, uh, security and a security issue. I imagine, you know, some of the listeners may be thinking about, you know, safety in the park. Um, you know, when you say Hollywood Central Park, it conjures up images of um, New York Central Park, and perhaps people might be thinking, you know, what, what about issues of theft, violent crime, drug use, vandalism? How, how would you address that or those concerns? Those are, those are valid concerns. And what I would say is um, they, that's not a new issue and not a new concern in any public space. Those are the kinds of things we need to be thinking about. Uh, we have certainly explored how we partner with um, organizations that would help us keep um, the open uh, space, uh, the, the facilities I mentioned earlier, Julia, that we're also proposing to have performance spaces and other spaces for congregation. All of those facilities will have a um, safety and security program in place that ensures that everyone can enjoy um, our great park. Um, I will say that uh, for us, it's not a concern um, and that cannot be managed and cannot be addressed. What we are really concerned about is making sure that we are able to build this park um, in time for the young people that live there to enjoy it. Um, it is, as I mentioned earlier, it is a tall order. It is a major project. It's an audacious project. But we have the will. Uh, we have the political support. And we have the commitment from our board um, to invest the resources and uh, the energy and time to get it done. Um, we just completed our trip to Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm always energized by the amount of support that we get from our congressional delegation in, um, in D.C. over the funding and uh, support of the project. And so I am very um, enthusiastic and feeling hopeful that in the next couple of months, we'll have a stronger commitment from our elected officials to be able to finance the construction of this great amenity. Um, no project of this scale um, is immune to challenges and difficulties, but uh, we think that the benefits and the opportunity that will come 
from this incredible resource in Los Angeles far outweigh the challenges that we have that are short term. Um, yeah, and perhaps you could speak a little, uh, speak to the um, current status of the project. Where, yes. where, where are you right now? So right now we're in the middle of our permitting process with the city of Los Angeles. We are um, completing our environmental impact report, our EIR. Um, we should have that out and published in the next couple months. We also will initiate a set of hearings uh, for the approval of a new zoning designation for this portion of um, Hollywood that would be designated for the development of our central park. So we are in the thick of the local uh, entitlement process, Julia. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we do have tremendous support from our um, elected official, from Councilmember Mitchell Farrell, um, and also from the leadership in the mayor's office, of course, with Mayor Eric Garcetti prioritizing our project as an important catalytic project, uh, both for um, community benefits as well as economic benefits for the Los Angeles. Sounds like a lot is happening. Um, how far off are we from beginning construction? Uh, we are about uh, 24 months uh, away from breaking ground. Okay, great. Um, and I imagine if you build this fantastic park, um, people will come, right? Um, have you done any kind of traffic study around the project? Um, I know the 101 freeway is notoriously you know, busy on a regular day. Um, will this park bring more traffic into the area? In the, the, we absolutely have studied the potential um, for additional traffic in the area. Um, and that is something that we're thinking about closely both in terms of providing um, needed parking for accessing the park, but also we want to design it in such a way that it's designed for it to be walkable for people in the neighborhood to walk to the park as well. Um, we know that there's plenty of parking structures and parking amenities in Hollywood. More were, are being built. Um, and additional um, uh, money is being invested in encouraging folks to use public transportation. Our project will have those same strategies to encourage people to reduce reliance on the vehicle and ride metro, ride buses, um, and use public transportation to access our park, similar to other major venues in the city of LA. Um, and so that piece, the uh, multimodality and a transportation management plan is already in place for our park. Uh, and I think we'll ensure that residents in the immediate area will not suffer for uh, additional traffic because of our park. That's great for, for the residents um, in and around the area. Um, speaking of residents, um, is affordable housing a part of the project? That is such a, a great topic, Julia. Thank you for raising it because um, as I mentioned previously, we've done a, a benchmarking trips to try to evaluate um, the effects that green space has. And we know that uh, as a result of this incredible amenity, there will be a demand in real estate and um, and potentially a need to ensure that the residents that live there can afford to live there longer term. And so in addition to thinking about um, housing preservation and neighborhood stabilization strategies, we're also looking at potential sites next to the park that would be candidates for the development of new affordable housing. Um, that is one piece of the puzzle for a healthy community, um, access to 
affordable housing. And uh, we are we want to partner with nonprofits that are going to be doing the, the housing development itself. So that is a key strategy that we plan to deploy as part of the successful management of our incredible park. Well, thank you, Alfred. That's about all we have time for. If our listeners want to get involved and they want to support this project, what can they do and how should they get in touch? Thanks, Julia. Well, we hope that they do. We hope that they are as enthusiastic as our board is about this incredible vision for Hollywood. If they're interested in getting more information, they're welcome to visit our website at hollywoodcentralpark.org. That's hollywoodcentralpark.org. They can donate, they can volunteer, they can give us their input and their ideas on how we can make our park even better. And we welcome their partnership and their support. Um, There are many ways that they can get involved and we look forward to having them visit our website and be engaged and reach out. out. Thank you so much, Alfred. Um, That was Alfred Fryho, the chairman of the Friends of the Hollywood Central Park. You're listening to Unite and Heal America with Matt Matten. I was your host, Julia Cottrell, filling in for Matt Matten. We hope you join us next week for another chat with uh, one of our guests. As you may know, your host, Matt Mattern of Unite and Heal America, is also the founder of Mattern Law Group. Their team of experienced employment, consumer, and environmental attorneys are dedicated to leveling the playing field by giving everyone access to the highest quality legal representation. Contact 844-MLG-FOR-YOU. That's 844-MLG-FOR-YOU or 844-654-4968. 844-654-4968.